what separates the super rich from where you are right now? Well, it's just a little bit of information. We're going to get into that in this episode with Chris Noggle of HGTV. It's phenomenal. You're not going to want to miss it. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. All right, Mindsetters, welcome back. This is a phenomenal episode. Just finished up interviewing with Chris Noggle, and we're going to get into some really phenomenal tips and tricks where you know we get to understand where Chris came from, nearly hitting bankruptcy after managing over $30 million in the financial industry, and, and then moving into real estate, doing over 200 flips, working on HGTV, and now is America's number one money mentor. It's There's some phenomenal, phenomenal nuggets within here. But Chris really opens up and talks about things that you haven't heard in other interviews with him before. So you're absolutely going to love this. And and if you find some value from this, I have to ask you, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're listening on uh, your podcasting app. And share this with a friend. Pass it along to someone else who could use some of these nuggets because it definitely, it definitely is going to make a difference in their life the same way it's making a difference in yours. And as always, guys, I want to remind you that if you're ready to take your life and business to the next level, I've got a phenomenal free masterclass, which is going to dive into understanding where you are at today so you can start building that plan of how you're going to get where you want to go. And it's a phenomenal three-part exercise. We really dive in and it's totally free. It's something we put together for our private membership, but I want to give it away so you can head over to the investormindset.com slash values and you can get access to that. You can do it right from your computer. It's instant access. So Again, that's theinvestormindset.com slash values, and I look forward to seeing you on the inside. So let's get into this episode. Welcome back, guys, to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am very, very excited. I have Chris Noggle in the studio today. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing really well, man. Thanks for having me. I am glad to have you. And as you guys probably already know, Chris has dedicated his life to being America's number one money mentor. And his success includes managing over $30 million in assets in the financial services and advisory industry and tens of millions in real estate with over 200 transactions and an HGTV pilot show since 2014. He's done a lot more. So we might touch on some of that, but you ready to get started, Chris? Let's do this, man. All right. So you've already accomplished a lot, you know, at such a young age, but why don't we start out by taking a look back? What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Yeah. So my upbringing was a a humble one, very lower, lower middle-class family. Dad was an alcoholic. Mom and dad got divorced and mom had to raise me. And we, we grew up with very little, but I always had big dreams, big ambitions. And my mom always supported that mindset of the dream. My mom never was able to chase her dreams. So by the time I was 16, I had a really bad experience working in the big boy job, which is a restaurant. So I decided I was going to be an entrepreneur. I started a clothing line in mom's basement. And that clothing line turned into the dream to have my own skateboard snowboard shop. Because my my big passion back then was snowboarding and skateboarding. And I was trying to become a pro snowboarder. So during this time, I was like traveling, doing all these big contests. And I wanted my own place. I wanted that lifestyle shop. Well, all it took was 70 grand to have a shop. And in 1994, 
I literally chased down the perfect idea. The shop was called Fat Man Board Shops. And I got turned down by every bank, by every person for getting money for the shop. And then my mom said, you know what? I want to help. And I'm like, mom, you don't have any money. And she says, yes, but in the divorce, I got the house. And the house has roughly 70000 in equity. And I never chased my dreams, but I want you to chase yours. So I'm willing to put the house up for collateral. Now, I'm 17, folks. Wow. So, you know, this is a big thing for me. I was excited, but also thinking in my mind, I'm like, no, mom, this is a stupid thing. You're going to put your house on the line so your 17-year-old punk snowboard kid can chase his dream? Well, she did. And I did chase that dream. And it was really hard. I learned a lot. I mean, when you got your mom's whole house, the only thing she has in the world on your shoulders that's a tough thing to swallow and failure becomes a non-option. So I always knew the only way to fail was to quit. And that wasn't an option when I was going to lose mom's house. So I made it through that time. And, you know, that's uh, that's where the story really begins. I, I was a young entrepreneur chasing my dream. I became a pro snowboarder, which was phenomenal. And, you know, I don't know if any of the listeners have ever been to Buffalo, New York. This is not the mecca for snowboarders. Where you're at in Colorado is so I had to do twice the work, twice the, the hard grind to make it to the pro snowboarding circuit. And I, I did that. And then I had my shops at that time. Yeah. So I was running the shops, chasing down the, the dream of being a pro snowboarder, living the life, just loved it. And then uh, in 2000, about 2003, I got smacked and I had four stores going. And at that time, life was great. But then the recession hit and I had to go get a job. And that's what landed me in the financial services world. Kind of a weird thing. You go from pro snowboarder to money manager, investment advisor. Such a big change happened in your life. But let's go, let's go back to the beginning, kind of where we were starting from. I mean, what was it like growing up with that much turbulence? It sounds like your parents separated really early. What do you think that did to your work ethic? How has that actually worked for you or how have you used that kind of in the life that you're living today? Well, it absolutely worked for me. See, I grew up in a, in a town around a lot of farmers. So what happened is, you know, I realized like the struggle. I, a lot of my friends had things that I didn't have. And, and I never really was like, why don't we have those? I just knew. I knew mom struggled and I knew it was really hard on her. So what I would do is I would just go out and I would shovel driveways or mow lawns or I, I worked on a farm at 14. And those things are what kind of shaped me and shaped my work ethic. And it wasn't that I, I didn't dislike it. I actually liked working hard because I had the ability to work hard and then I was able to buy the dirt bike or the things that you know I wasn't able to get and nobody ever handed to me. So, and also I helped my mom too. And doing all this, I was always trying to help my mom you know, with just little things. I worked a lot around the house a lot, but that mindset kind of what shaped me to being an entrepreneur because I always had to work just so hard. I had to hustle, I had to do whatever I had to do if I wanted something. And that's just what shaped me right through today. You know, you just continue to just push through and do whatever it takes to make things happen. And so growing up, you know, where money wasn't, it wasn't everywhere. And, you know, you're growing up with some of those kind of limitations. Where along the lines did you change the way that you looked at money to the way that you're now, you know, you're obviously out teaching and training people about how to change their mindset on money. You know, where did that really click for you that, you know, there's a different way and, and this is the way that can make a big difference in my life and others. That's a great question. It would really be when I started making a bunch of money as a financial advisor, because as an advisor, I rose to the top. I was one of the top three advisors. I was making a ton of money as a young man. And in 2008, 
2008, I, I got this huge idea that I was going to buy this the big dilapidated building, convert it to a strip mall, move Fat Man in there, and then have my tenants pay rent. And everything was going so good. You know, in our in our minds, sometimes before we have, well, before everything's taken away from us, we just think that that gravy train's never going to end. And that's where I was at then. Maybe a bit of ego. I went from you know that humble beginnings to making a ton of money and and having nice cars and everything else. And in 2008, when I began this strip mall, that's when the Great Recession kicked in. And like nothing I'd ever seen except for early 2000s, everything all of a sudden came to a screeching halt. It was like getting hit by a Mack truck at full speed ahead. So I got down to basically being one payment away from being completely bankrupt. And I borrowed money from people that I shouldn't have. So that was where it all began is I had money. And then at this point, it was all taken away. And now I had to be humbled. I'd ask my girlfriend who just moved in to help me pay the mortgage, the utilities, and we had to rent out two bedrooms in my house just to make things work. But then after that, from 2009 to 14, I started buying real estate again, and I did it all wrong, all wrong. So I, I had never been mentored. I'd never been coached. I just, you know, the little things you read, you know, and I just took it and I ran with it. So that's all I ever knew to do. I, if I got an idea, I went for it and I just faced fear and, you know, failure was a big part of it. So nine to 14, I bought 36 units. And in 2014, I realized I was in huge trouble because I bought the deals using bank financing in my personal name and the bank froze all of my accounts. They froze all my lines and they stopped me from getting more loans because I didn't fit in their square box. My debt to income ratio was out of whack. So in 14, I had to, again, remember I, I had money back before 2008 and I lost it all. I didn't go bankrupt, but I was literally right there. And I made it back. And then again in 14, I had to I had to sell all 14, all 36 of those units. I had to sell the dream house that I had just bought with my fiance, my, my wife now, Larissa. So again, I lost it all again. So you ask, you know, how did it all start to shape and really, you know, where did that pinnacle moment come where I started learning? It was right there. In 14, when it was all taken away from me again. I decided to go to this three-day seminar to learn how to flip houses, not because I wanted to learn how to flip houses, but because I was so humbled by my failures that by going to this seminar, they were giving away a free iPod shuffle, and I wanted that iPod shuffle. So I went, and I thought nothing of it, but by day two, there was two guys there, this guy Mike and this guy Greg, and these guys were full-on rock stars in the real estate world. The one guy was the lender, right? He had tons of money or, you know, back then it appeared he had tons of money. And the other guy was an A&E TV show star. And I watched these guys and I listened to what they said. And what I realized, I learned one new thing in that day. I learned that everything I'd been taught in my life about how money worked was not the way that these guys were using money, was not the way these guys were buying real estate and was not what I was taught. And as soon as I saw that, I realized that I had to start questioning everything that I'd been taught in my entire life. And that's where it all changed. I started learning from them and it cost a ton of money. I swiped credit cards. I went in debt again. I did anything it took to learn from these guys and many others and get mentors. And I'd never had mentors. I was always that guy that wouldn't spend money for a mentor because oh, why would I need a mentor? I can just figure this out myself. Well, at that point, I'd already tried that route and it didn't work. And I wanted to know and I wanted what they had. And that's when I started really changing it around. I started learning the principles of the wealthy. I started learning what the multimillionaires and the billionaires of the world do with money, how they do it, how it's different than everything I'd been taught as an advisor. Because remember, I was at a high level as an advisor. And everything I'd been taught here was very different than what they were doing. And I, I had to figure out why is it 
that we're doing this over here and they're doing this. Somebody's wrong or something's being left out. It wasn't that anyone was wrong. It was what was being left out. And what was being left out are the things that we all need to learn about money and that basically basic banking functions, learning how to be the bank, things of that nature that these guys were doing. And I also had to start learning that these guys didn't get where they were because they had a bunch of money. They got where they were because they figured out how to solve people's problems and then how to use that problem solving to get where they wanted to be. And all that problem solving was is every single person that they'd ever met that had money all had the same problem. They all wanted to make more. And their opportunity happened to be the real estate deals. So they used the real estate deals. They positioned them as an opportunity. And then they went to these people that had money and they solved their problems. Maybe the problem was these people that had money wanted their house to pay for their car. Great. They taught them how to use home equity lines of credit. Maybe their problem was they had 401ks and they were sick of the returns and they wanted a safer way. They showed them how real estate provided the opportunity for steady, consistent returns on that money with less risk because real estate backed it and on and on and on. And I started picking up on this. And then I started learning that these guys weren't even using banks. They were using insurance companies. And they said that insurance companies were the way to go because insurance companies held all the money. So if you found the way into the insurance companies and you could leverage the insurance company's money, you pretty much had an unlimited source of money. And that's what I started learning. And it wasn't, I just want your audience to know, this didn't happen overnight. And this happened by failing over and over again and doing anything it took to learn what these guys had. And what it took was a heck of a lot of money going broke, chasing them around and doing anything I could to solve problems for them so that they would teach me what they knew. And that was from 2014 till 2018, where I really kind of went on this transformational journey. It's such a good reminder, I think, for all the listeners, all you mindsetters out there that, you know, no matter how much success that you have, there's going to be times where you're, it's going to be a roller coaster. You're going to be on that downward trajectory. But like what you're talking about right here, Chris, is, is that through that process, you ended up discovering a whole new way of thinking, a whole new way of going about, you know, your financial education. And you went out and you sought out mentors and you realized that, wow, this is the way that I'm going to change my entire life. This is the way that I'm going to avoid the issues that got me here. And this is how I'm going to end up getting to kind of that next level. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you do specifically right now. You know, I know you had been working in real estate for quite a while. I know you're not currently buying properties uh, oh, no, because, we are. Of the mar- because of where the market's at. Isn't that correct? Yeah, we just, you remember when we had our show, we were doing 20 houses a month. I've done 257 flips. We, we might do one or two a month now, which is, is like not doing any, but we still have crews. I got a full-time supervisor. I need to keep them working, but you're right. The market's at such a high point that I'm really not looking for opportunities. Something has to fall in my lap for me to do it. Literally has to just fall there and be like, you're not going to leave. Like you're just going to sit there. Fine. That's, that's how I do real estate deals right now. But I'm still, you know, out there teaching people more about money because I feel like it always starts with money and it ends with money. And I understand that the market's at this high point. So that's what I did in Wall Street, right? I studied market patterns and I understand things that not many people do about where we're at in the cycle and in the pattern. And it's going to go down. And when it goes down, I want people. I, I'm already set. You know, I'm ready to pounce. Just like Warren Buffett sitting on $128 billion in cash. That man never has cash. He's always working his money. There's nothing for him to buy. The market's too expensive. Well, real estate is tough right now, too, because everything's speculative and overpriced, and it's just not worth the risk. So I'm waiting for this downward spike, this downward turn, and then I'll start buying again. 
but you can't take advantage of an opportunity. I always like to tell people, think, imagine if you could take the DeLorean from Back to the Future back to 2009, and you could then buy real estate in 2009. What would your life look like today? Would it be different? It would be drastically 100%. different. It would, you, we, we wouldn't even be having these conversations because we'd all be sitting on an island. And that's the truth. Because if you were able to buy into that opportunity that was back then of that, that just unbelievably reduced price and you were able to hang on to it because you understood how money worked, you would be in a different place. Well, what if that same opportunity or a similar opportunity is going to present itself again here not too far in the future? Are you ready? Do you have your bank ready? Do you have money available? And is that money trusting of you to basically see it through to what you need to do? And that's really the big question is, are you out there telling people how you are the opportunity and how you are the beacon of hope for people that don't want to lose money in the markets? Because you don't want to be in the stock market when it goes down. You want to have your money sitting on the sidelines waiting for someone to go. you got to have that money ready to work. And every single one of your listeners, if you're a real estate investor, all of you hold the opportunity to solve every one of their problems. And their problems are they want to make money. So the biggest and best advice I can give to anybody is the number one way to raise money and to find money for your deals is to stop asking for it. Start solving people's problems. Because if you can solve people's problems, you will always have money flowing to you. But if you start solving people's problems when it's too late, it's too late. You got to solve problems today and start telling people what your opportunities are today. And then when that time comes, you're going to be ready. Yeah, it's such a strong place to come from when you're going to somebody from a place of, hey, this is a really wonderful opportunity that's going to really help you versus, hey, would you loan me some money for one of my oh, real estate deals? That just and sounds bad. It sounds awful. It sounds terrible. And so from that perspective, how do you recommend people go about making that shift to figuring out how to solve other people's problems You know, when it comes to money and real estate? It's easy. First, stop being afraid to talk to people about money. The biggest problem is our society has taught us that, oh, don't talk about money. You, it's, it's not nice to talk about money. Talk about money. Start talking about it. Start getting into those discussions, but talk about it in a, a general sense of how you basically you know, are handling money how your real estate deals are helping you and other people. Because as you talk about that, you might not think people are listening, but believe me, they're listening. And then when you find out like that you've got an opportunity, you take that to somebody, and this is always your circle of influence, the people that are around you. I call them your primary circle, your friends, your family, your coworkers, or your friends of friends, people that already know and trust you, start talking to them about your real estate opportunities. Now you might be thinking in the back of your head, oh, he doesn't have any money, but you know what? You don't know that. The people that have all the money for your deals are the people you don't think have money because they have money sitting in 401ks, they have money sitting in IRAs, they have equity sitting in their houses. But the problem is they don't know how to make that money work. You know what that money's doing for them? I paint this picture for people. I say, imagine this. You come home after a really long day of work. You're exhausted. Your boss was a jerk. You worked overtime when you didn't want to. And you come home, you open the door and sitting on your couch is your money. And your money has been drinking your soda, eating your potato chips all day, and it's watching your TV. And it looks up at you as you walk in exhausted. And it says, what, do you have a hard day at work? And then it just goes back to watching your TV because that's what most people's money is doing. It's sitting on their couch, being lazy while we're out there hustling, working hard, putting in overtime, because that's what we've been taught to do. Nobody's ever been taught 
how to have their money work for them. And if you just get good at just teaching people how to make their money work for them, how to make that lazy equity that's sitting in their house, because most people have equity in their house. You're in Colorado. You know how much equity is in those houses out there? And those people don't even know how to put that money to work. Money sitting in 401ks that could potentially start going over the cliff when the market goes down. They can use that money without taxes and penalties. They just don't know how to. And they also don't know how to make that money work if they were to use it. IRAs and so many other. You know the biggest source of money that I found? Permanent life insurance. You might think I'm crazy for saying that, but whole life and universal life, you know how much cash value is sitting in those vehicles? And almost every single person that has cash value doesn't even know how to use it. Change their mindset, folks. Tell them how to use this money through your opportunity. And don't ever ask for money. Solve their problems. And here's what their problems are. Their problem is not that they want to become millionaires. Their problem is this. They don't like making their car payment. They want to wait for somebody to make that car payment for them. So teach them how to have their, their 401k pay for their car. Teach them how to have their equity in their house pay for their car. And it's very simple, right? Take a loan from your 401k, lend it to you for this opportunity, and then you pay them 10% on that money. And that spread from what they have to pay the loan back at and what you're paying them will pay for their car. Same thing with the hidden equity in their home equity line. Or how about this? People's other problem is they want to spend more time with their family. They want to take their family on a vacation, but they just don't have enough money because all those pesky bills keep that so they can't take the vacation. And life goes by. Kids get older. Show them how to take one more vacation on you with their family. Show them how to go out to dinner one more time per month on you. These are the real problems people face, right? It's not that they want to become millionaires. These are real life problems that you have the ability to solve each and every single day with your real estate opportunities. And you can't solve their problems if you don't start telling them how your opportunity can do that. Yeah, you really do have to start speaking about it in a way that really speaks to them instead of what you need. You need to be speaking in their language. I really, I like that. And so what is your advice for those people? You know, I, I've even heard you say this, you know, in previous interviews that, you know, the market's really high. The market's really hot. Warren Buffett's not investing money right now. He's sitting on tons of cash. If anything, he's buying back shares of Berkshire at some of the highest rates in history. Absolutely. It's because there's so much money out there, but there's not as many opportunities to make a return because people are worried about, you know, the market potentially crashing in six, nine, 12, 18 months. Whatever it is, we, we, we can't, can't time it. We can't time it. But the point that I'm trying to ask you to clarify here is when people talk about the market going down, what is your response to those people when you're when you're essentially talking to those folks about, you know, hey, I'm interested in uh, raising some capital from you. You know, I'm interested in getting you involved in one of these deals. And, you know, and that happens to be one of the objections that they share is, well, isn't the market kind of at its really high point right now? What would you say to folks who are you know, saying things like that? So somebody says, you know, they're looking at their their money that's invested in Wall Street and they're saying, you know, I want to kind of be careful. I want to get out of Wall Street because I'm nervous about the market going down. But, you know, your opportunities in real estate and isn't real estate going to go down too? And you know what? Maybe it does. But here's the thing I always say to them. Yeah, you know what? There is a risk of real estate values going down. But see, here's how we operate that protects us from that. We operate with four different strategies. You see, we have an exit strategy for each one of our strategies. So the very first thing we're going to do with every real estate deal is we're going to try to make the money the fastest way possible. We might just assign that contract or we might just wholesale that property, right? That might be the way we do it. But if that deal doesn't work and we can't wholesale, we'll move to strategy two. 
Strategy two is we're going to look, can we take this money, this deal down? Can we use, you know, and help you? Can we bring you into this deal as an opportunity? And you basically fund the deal. And then what we do is we then just turn right around and put it back on the market and sell it as is because we're going to sell it at a discount, a lot less than what retail is. And then we're going to wholesale this thing. And then we, me and you, you're the investor. I'm the one that's going to do the work and has the knowledge. We're going to make this, you know, whatever the split is if they're doing a JV. But if that doesn't work and we can't wholesale, well, then we'll, we'll look to flip it. Maybe we put some money into it. We renovate it. And if we can't make 20% on the renovation, then it's not over then. What we're going to then do is we're just going to take that renovated house. We're going to put a tenant in there. Because if the market goes down, the one thing I know, if the market goes down, people still need a place to live. And people are going to lose their houses because that's just what's going to happen. And they're going to need nice, fully renovated houses and apartments to move into. And I want to be the one that has them. So when that happens, I'm going to get a tenant for a really good rent and I'm going to take my deal to the bank and I'm going to then use the bank to refinance this deal. And I'm going to pay you back your money plus the interest that I promised you. So you then took your vacations. You then were able to go out to dinner and you then were able to pay for your car. And then I'm going to basically just use the bank's money and then I'm going to basically collect the spread and I'm going to make money on it every single month until the market comes back. And then I'm going to sell it on the upswing again. I have a strategy for every market condition and I have an exit strategy for each one of them. Yeah. So you're really kind of just showing them that, hey, I've thought this through and I have a plan that kind of hits any of those objections along the way, any of those challenges we might face and kind of shows them that, hey, this this adds a level of security because of the way that we're actually going to execute and operate this. You nailed it. I mean, you're just walking somebody through a process. And when you take somebody through a very strategic process and you can do it with commitment and conviction, they're going to be a lot more trusting because you have a process. Imagine just saying, well, yeah, I'm going to flip this house. The first thing that person you presented the opportunity is thinking, yeah, but what if it doesn't sell? Then you're like, well, I, I think it's going to sell. It's definitely going to sell. It's a nice house. We're going to make it beautiful. They're doubting. And the more you keep trying to support why you're doing what you're doing, the more they're turning away saying, I don't think this is for me. You walk them through a process. It's the same thing every big business does when they're selling a large ticket item. They walk a person through a process and you should do the same thing. I hope that you guys are getting a lot from this interview. Just have to take a quick break to let you guys know that if you're getting a lot from the podcast, if you're getting a lot from this episode, then I encourage you guys to jump over to the website and join us as we've got a really cool masterclass that's gonna help you guys go deeper to start really understanding and applying some of these key tenants, some of these key values of holding the investor mindset, of really living with an investor mindset. And so I encourage you guys to head over to theinvestormindset.com slash values, theinvestormindset.com slash values, and join us for this free gift. We've put together a masterclass series that is really powerful. It's going to help you guys get from where you are to where you want to go a little bit faster. And I promise you, you're going to see a lot of value. So let's get back to the episode. Obviously, from a lot of people's perspective, they would think of you as pretty successful. What are one of the biggest reasons why you feel like you've been able to be successful in this industry, raising capital, working with folks, finding different ways to make this happen versus, you know, many of the folks along the way who failed? Well, okay. So a lot of the reasons for my success is I've failed enough times to figure it out. I, I hate to say that, you know, but failure is part of success. And I have unfortunately, but fortunately been that person who has failed a lot. I, I've definitely, definitely been on the other side of the coin. 
my experience on Wall Street definitely helps me understanding where all the money is and understanding that the insurance companies hold it all, that how to get that Wall Street money, how to understand market patterns and timing and, and all that stuff. So I've got a leg up there. But you know what? The only other thing that I tell people that really makes me the expert is I've done it so many times. And in doing, you master. And when you're a specialist in something, which I am 100% a specialist when it comes to how money works. And I'm also really good at teaching people how they can also make their money work harder for them without having to change anything except for where their money goes first. And that's what I've done. And every one of your listeners and everybody that hears this, you can do the same darn thing. It is not hard. I literally wrote a book on private money because I wanted people to see how simple this really is. Because there's nothing hard about it. But if you allow fear to stop you from going out and talking to people about your opportunities because you're just not good at talking to people, I can't help you with that. You got to get out of your own head and just go do it. And if you're scared of talking to people, great. Talk in front of a mirror. You know how I learned a lot of my public speaking? Because I speak in front of thousands of people across the country. You know where it all started? Talking to my phone, doing Facebook Lives on my phone. The first one sucked. The next one sucked even worse. The third one was even just worse than that. But eventually I got comfortable talking to one or two people. And then I just stopped caring about the people and I started talking about the message. And then I just evolved. And after about 500 Facebook Lives, I was super comfortable talking to whoever was on the other end of that phone. And if you can get good at talking to a phone without any emotion, without anyone really there, you put yourself in a live audience, you will thrive. Because now you can feed off of the audience's energy and then you can teach them something that will change their life because they just need one thing. They need one thing that you know to change their lives. And that's my thing. Mm, that's, that's beautiful. So how would you define success and what is success to you? Yeah. So success is not what everybody would think. It's different for everybody. And success, success to me is showing people financial freedom. Success to me is when I get to help somebody find the way through their, their mess that they don't know the way out of. And the big mess that people are in right now is debt. They're in debt and I can teach people how to get out of debt very easily. So my version of success is two things. Number one, my impact on other people's lives, my gift. That's the biggest success I have. My number two success is the freedom that I'm allowed because of helping other people. If you give, you get. My get is my freedom. If I want to go to Mexico and spend time surfing in Mexico, I just get on a plane and I go. I don't have anyone to answer to. And that to me is, is pure and un that, that's success. That's how I define it. Freedom. I love that. And, and what are some of the keystone habits, the things you do on a daily or weekly basis that have led you to building this foundation for success and freedom in your eyes? That's fantastic. So I get up very early in the morning before the sun comes up, I get up. The very first thing I do to start my day is I drop to my knees and I thank God for the day. The next thing I do is drop down and do 40 push-ups because I need that just to let myself know that I'm willing to start the day that way. And then my days are very, very regimented. I do pretty much the same thing each and every single day. And what I've also gotten really good at figuring out that is part of every single day is I'm just not smart enough. I'm just not the guy that knows everything. So I've positioned myself with people smarter than me. I'm surrounded by mentors and people that can do things I can't do because I learned a long time ago that when you're good at doing everything, you're good at doing nothing. So I'm good at one thing and I have people in my space that are good at everything else. That's my success story. That's beautiful. And and what is your one thing? What is the thing that you are the absolute best at, the thing that you execute and do every day? The thing that I'm best at, that I'm executing and doing every day, I try to be 
God, it's actually so simple. I just try to be a good husband. I try to be a good son. And I try to go out there and at least help one person every single day. All right. Well, we've made it to the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So tell us, Chris, what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now? What I'm excited about right now is a book called 501K. That book is, it's from the guy who literally came up and grandfathered the 401k. The book is phenomenal. Can I do a second book? Because there's another one. Yeah. Creature from Jaco Island. And I might be saying that wrong, but that book scared the hell out of me. And it's all about the Federal Reserve and how banks work. But what that book did is gave me a perspective of what I didn't know about the banking system, which allows me then to even go deeper into what I'm doing with how money works. Hmm. Hmm. I love that. From an inspiration standpoint, what impacts have mentors made on your life? And how do you look at going out and finding great mentors? I would absolutely positively not be here without mentors. And the biggest takeaway I've had for a mentor or that all mentors have done for me is hold me accountable even when I don't want to be accountable. Let me understand that every single problem in my life is my problem, not someone else's. You better freaking figure it out. And then that brings me to how do I find mentors now? I don't. I let them find me. That's how I find my best mentor. My newest mentor, when he found me, and I, and I made myself a parent to him. I let him know that I was there and I let him know what I was trying to accomplish, but I didn't ask him to mentor me. I wanted him to come to me. And when he came to me, I was very excited and it came through a third party. And when he told me how much he was a month, I about fell out of my chair. It was more than I could afford. But you know what? I started really thinking about it and I thought about it for days. And I said, you know what? I can't not afford to pay him. So I took that leap of faith and I did whatever. I changed some things in my life and I made it so I could afford him. He paid for himself in the first two months. First two months. Like, but until you get over that thing in your mind, you know, that you can't afford someone, because that's just the, that's just your problem. You can't afford him. Sure you can. You can afford anything you want. You just got to figure out how to make it happen. If I had thought that and I just let that stop me, I can't afford you. I, I wish I could. It's just not the right time because maybe I didn't have the money. I wouldn't have been turned on to Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi. I wouldn't have been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine. These are the things he's done and he's done it in the first two months. When you surround yourself around people and mentors that literally have the ability to transform your entire future, you have to first understand that it doesn't matter what they charge. That's the barrier of entry. And, you know, the, the biggest problem people have in, in, I think, right now is the problem in America isn't what people don't know. It's what they think they know that just ain't so. So the biggest thing I always had a problem with is I thought that I couldn't afford someone when I stopped asking, how can I not afford this person? And that's, that's when it started changing. I love that because when I first started investing in mentorship, it completely changed my life. And similar to you, you know, that first day or first week or first session or first couple months, I started seeing that value return so quickly. And, and uh, thank goodness that I finally took the leap. And I'm glad to hear that you're encouraging other people to do the same. So finishing on this purpose, what drives you to live your best life every day? There's so many things that drive me to live my life, you know, to a better purpose. And, and the one thing I would say is gratitude. Being grateful for every single thing that's happened is, is honest to God. And I know this sounds stupid, but it is the one thing that drives me is the ability to be a lot more grateful than I've ever been in my life. Because there's been a lot of selfish periods of time in my life where it was all about me. It was about things. It was about the cars, the houses. And today it's really just about being grateful for what I have and how I can help other people get the things that they want.
Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being here with us and sharing your mindset on money and how people can go about raising more of it and start thinking about it a little bit differently. Where can people find out more about you or get in touch? Sure. Best way to find me is my website, Chris Noggle. It's N-A-U-G-L-E.com. So you just go to my website. My podcast is on there. Everything's on there. And then social media. Everybody loves Instagram, Facebook. I'm all over it. And I give free stuff away all the time, value, knowledge. I was taught that if you give your best stuff away for free, that's what helps people the most. So check me out on Instagram. It's Chris underscore Noggle or Facebook at Chris Noggle. And you can see all the stuff I'm doing. Wonderful. Well, we'll include all that in the show notes for everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to the next time we get to hang out. And remember, guys, to live a life worth inspiring others. And you can start today by implementing some of the stuff you learned right here. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. Got something amazing to share with you. Of course, all of you guys know the Mindset Members Club is live and we have an incredible community of phenomenal real estate investors of varying levels from people who are just getting started to people who have been flipping, wholesaling, multifamily, doing big deals, making big money, who are in this community because they want to really take their life to the whole nother level. You know, majority of our members, the reason that they're joining is because they want to go from point A to point B as quickly as possible. They want to compress decades into days. They want to learn from other people's experience. But most importantly, they want to take action. They want to start applying the things that they're learning on this podcast right here and so many other places where they're learning all this material, but they're not actually putting anything into practice. And the most important part about education is actually applying it. You know, going out and reading a book, but not applying anything in your life is a waste of time. And I straight up encourage you to stop listening to podcasts if you're not ready to actually start acting. You know, that's a challenge. Maybe I'm going to lose some listeners, but what I promise you is I'm going to attract the kind of people who I want to spend more time with, the kind of people who are ready to step up their game and join the Mindset Members Club. But most importantly, the kind of people who are ready to take action. You know, that's what this group is all about. It's about learning with other incredible people, spending time networking in a phenomenal community, building accountability, but most importantly, it's about taking action and applying. And we've set up the curriculum in such a way that people are actually doing the work, right? And it's such a big thing. If you've ever thought, hey, I know what to do, but for some reason I'm not doing it, or I'm making some pretty good money, but I wanna take it to another level, then I encourage you to join us. You know, of course, in the Mindset Members Club, we have an incredible coach, Trevor McGregor, former Tony Robbins, platinum master coach, over 25,000 hours of coaching experience, coaching millionaires and billionaires, Fortune 500 CEOs, and some of the top real estate brass you know, in our industry. And of course, you get to spend time with me, real estate investor, entrepreneur, mindset expert. I have you know, bought and flipped over 200 houses in the last three years, wholesaled, and have built an incredible team and I'm an absolute expert when it comes to going out and figuring out how to find deals and how to get you to actually start taking action and doing the things that are most important. So regardless of where you're at in your real estate journey, 
And I encourage you to head over to the investormindset.com slash members and consider joining the Mindset Members Club because we are ready to take action and we are looking for more people who are ready to step it up together. So I look forward to seeing you guys in there.